0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Live a Little, this uh, crazy little podcast with uh, Greg Graber, who is a best selling author and mindfulness coach and educator, and me, Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. We're going to talk about um, what's going on in our lives, what's going on in the world, we'll give you some recommendations, we'll air some grievances. But first of all, Mr. Graber, we are drinking an India Pale Ale, clink and tap the table, Ted Lasso style, uh, of uh, lunch. Lunch, it is a, an IPA which is brewed by Maine Brewing Company. And uh, this is the first time you've had it, right? It's really good. It, this is my favorite IPA in the entire world. So if anybody from Maine Brewing Company is listening... We could use a sponsor or any me? any brewing company. <laughs> any really. brewing, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't have to be Maine. <laughs> no, we're we're, we're, we're yeah, yeah we're be Delaware. Yeah, or it, or it, yeah, does Tallahassee. We're, it doesn't yeah, matter. yeah, yeah. We're we're easy. We'll uh, we'll work with anybody. Maybe we'll feature your beer on an upcoming edition of Little Little, this uh, crazy little podcast that we have going on. Um, and and listener, for those of you who don't know, Greg Graber, I, I did say best-selling author because Slow Your Roll about mindfulness and meditation. Uh, very, very widely purchased and enjoyed. And um, you working on a follow-up yet? I mean, I love you, man. You ask me this every time.
1: The last four five years we've gotten together for a beer. I think my mom is paying you to nudge me a little bit in that direction. I need to. That You know, you always hear with recording artists uh, about the sophomore slump with the second album. I can relate in a different but similar way. I think you kind of shoot your whole load on the first one that it is. So you so you think trying sec- to
0: recapture. So you're worried uh, the second book is going to suck, basically. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay, as long as it sells, I don't care if it sucks. <laughs> so you don't, uh, I don't care about the critics, just the sales numbers. That's that's so all that matters. To
1: answer your question, well,
0: yeah, hopefully uh in the next decade, I don't know, <laughs> we'll get something going. Okay, cool. Also, big thank you to. I think we had at least 24 downloads.
1: So, and I'm happy with that. I know in your profession, you've made a great stellar career with your Grizzly and NBA and your your sports stuff, calling games, because you've had great numbers. You continue to get rehired and you get gigs (laughs) like doing the NBA playoffs and all that kind of good stuff, pro soccer games. Um, But I'm not really worried about numbers. I I just I, wanna I think I want I I just want to be popular. You. I need to We don't need to we are popular. <laughs> you're very popular. I'm somewhat popular, you're very Not that that matters though. Do you remember that song from Wicked, Popular? How no, You don't remember that? No, I don't remember you're that looking song. at me like <laughs> I, I, You're kind of spewing toxic masculinity the way you looked at me when I said Wicked. I don't think there's anything wrong oh, wick, with a male. Oh Wicked, Oh wick, Wicked the musical. Musical oh, or the no, band? No. I don't know a band, but the musical.
0: I've I've never seen Wicked. This, okay, I never seen Wicked. All so right. that was an odd look that you gave no, me. No, like, no, no. I didn't mean, think I'm, I'd be the kind of guy that would. No, 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 no. It. Not no, no toxic masculinity in this podcast. That's that. That's for damn sure. Um, no, I, I I just have never seen Wicked, so I'm not. Speaking I'm of, have you with seen
1: it. any of the women's World Cup? I'm ashamed to say I have not.
0: I, I have not either because I've been bouncing all over the place and with the odd start times and, and the what Portugal U.S started what like at one in the morning or- so yeah shout out to our guys at the and girls at the
1: Brass Door Parks Melanie uh, Kate all those good people that are getting up at, and going at two thirty I just for me the Premier League is sort of my school year it's funny I've worked in schools my whole life and the season in the Premier League coincides with the beginning of school right both start in august both end in may and i'm getting up at five or six on saturdays and sundays for that so i it's just tough i mean that's my excuse i
0: need to i need to do better with it (laughs) and that's your excuse and you're going to stick with it um like i said we're going to talk about what's going on in our lives in the world in general got some recommendations we'll air grievances and then greg will have a mindful moment for us have have you thought of your mindful moment? Are you are you are you ready for this by the time yeah, you get to the end of the show? Okay, definitely, okay. I think a
1: few more sips. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do my show prep while while I'm <laughs> while, drinking the first while, half of the beer. Yes,
0: so. yes, and and neither one of us are big beer drinkers. It's just it's, just, it's kind of our shtick for this show. It's it's kind of like Ted Lasso and Coach Beard sitting across the table from each other at Crown and Anchor and and having 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 a pint, which we are having. This is a full pint. This is a full pint. This is not a a twelve ounce. Uh, can this is, this is a full a full pint all right not that we're shaming people that do drink a lot though either it's just we don't we have one and we're good so. one one and we're good uh, all right uh fantastic trip for you and your lovely wife holly to whistler uh, british columbia so uh uh you you lead off with what's going on
1: wonderful trip so i'd been to canada one other time to vancouver uh probably about 10 or 12 years ago we flew into vancouver then a car picked us up and we went up to Whistler, which is basically... So, so a
0: car picked you up, so Holly's a really big deal.
1: She is. Actually, this trip was free for both of us because of her high performance on her job. Like Shout out, Holly. Yeah, great job. It's even better when it's free. Um, took us up to Whistler, stayed in a ski resort town, did really cool things, spent a half day in a spa, got the massage, did the hydrotherapy. You would have loved this from a mindfulness perspective, Pete. There were no phones allowed. It was silent. You couldn't talk. Um, We did some bobsledding, rode an ATV up a mountain. A lot of adventurous things. I got out of my comfort zone, you know, as a a city boy. (laughs) You and an ATV. I I mistakenly told uh, a couple of people that my metrosexual self got on an ATV up a mountain and and, uh, they couldn't believe it. But uh, it was a great time. So a funny thing happened. Um, I was getting a pedicure. Now, now well, there's I, that look there's no, that look again. No, no, there's that toxic no, I mean,
0: no, no hardly because I've gotten pedicures okay. and I love my massages. I was just going to ask you, are you a spa guy? Uh
1: I could be easily. <laughs> I typically don't do it a lot, but I could be. <laughs> you could be. If it weren't you for could, the
0: cost and the
1: in the proximity uh, Okay, the, okay. So. so
0: if it's a free spa day. So
1: it was a free spa day. You're exactly. all about it. Okay. That was one of the excursions that was paid for. So you could pick something really kind of rugged and manly like hiking up a mountain or getting your toes done. So I I opted for the pedicure really because I used to run ultra marathons and I've played a lot of soccer and I have a couple of toenails that are just beat up beyond recognition and they grow the wrong way and they're thick and calcified and it's not that I thought we'd get into the condition of my toes. So anyway, I'm sitting there, Pete, and you would have loved this, a young man walks in, he was going to get one of those hangover IVs. Okay. So the little pedicure station was right next to where the hangover I, IV people go <laughs> to get sobered up. They, they have like get, their own special niche yeah, in the spa yeah.
0: to get sobered I, up. Okay, I mean, he's got You know, it. it's, it's Canada.
1: So they, <laughs> this guy comes in, he's wearing a Vancouver Grizzly jersey. Okay. I could not wait he sits down. He's very loud. He's obnoxious. I'm trying to enjoy a really pretty British lady was doing my, my toes. It was lovely having a little champagne. This derelict sits down, reeking like last night's whiskey and BO. Um, I look at him. I go, oh, you got a Grizzlies jersey on. Yeah, man. I'm from Memphis. Just kind of poking the bear, right, so to speak. No pun intended. The guy looks at me. He goes, we hate you. You stole our team. <laughs> and I look back at him. I go, no, your owner wanted to move here to Memphis. Well, we don't like you guys. I'm like, well, let's be honest. You guys weren't really that good back then anyway, were you?
0: <laughs> and that was about the extent of our conversation. That was that was about all he could handle in his integrated state. It, at the end,
1: I walked out and I said, you know, it's both of our teams. And he was like, okay, cool. So it was kind of, that was fun. That was Probably the highlight of my vacation.
0: <laughs> it was, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, Brandon Clark, rehabbing an Achilles injury at the moment, uh, he, was, he was born in, in Vancouver, and he would go to Vancouver Grizzlies games before he, uh, he moved to Phoenix and then continued on with, with his life. Yeah, when we, go, when we go to Portland every once in a while, you'll run into people that will make the trip down from Vancouver, B.C., to Portland to see the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, that's cool. You
1: know, there's a great, I wish I could remember it, going to London a few months ago. I watched it. There's a documentary about, have you seen it? Vancouver fans who are struggling and trying to make sense of the world (laughs) since their team left, and should they like the Memphis Grizzlies or not? I'm going to find the name of it before the next one. Really worth watching, though, for other Grizzlies
0: fans. I I knew there was a documentary. Andy Dolich, who had been the team president, in Vancouver and here in Memphis for a period of time. He was, he was telling me about um, a documentary that had been done about the uh, Vancouver slash Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I had a, an interesting trip. It, not nearly so interesting, and it did not involve champagne or a spa day with a beautiful British woman. Um, but yesterday, I flew to Sykeston, Missouri. I saw, I saw that. Far, far, far far, that. far, far away from Whistler, British Columbia. Now, um, listener, I've been a private pilot. I've had my license for like five years. And uh, I bought into a partnership with three other guys for a single engine Piper, which we keep up in uh, up in Millington. And I had just been out of the cockpit for so long. And flying a plane is one of the most challenging, multi-sensory, multi-dimensional experiences because you're dealing with air traffic control. You're dealing with the weather. You're dealing with the mechanics of a plane. Um, you're doing all this stuff at the same time and you know you're trying to maintain an altitude and the winds up there can be all over the place and and um, one of the partners in the partnership uh, is a corporate pilot for FedEx and he also has his CFI which is certified flight instructor so he can teach and uh, so I, he's been really really good about getting me back in the cockpit I'm knocking the rust off and I said, And I just don't want to fly around the pattern because what a lot of uh, pilots will do is you'll take off and then you'll go around in a circle and you'll just practice landings over and over and over again, which is vitally important because landing a plane, it's really one of the hardest things I think I've ever done in my life, period. Uh, The eye-hand coordination and, you know, you're dealing with a mechanical object and you're dealing with the ground and weather and all that Harder than
1: driving an ATV.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. I've not driven an ATV, but I can only see with an ATV if if you like get yourself in trouble, you can pull off to the side and like shut the motor off. <laughs> That's a good point. With, with an airplane, there's there's no pulling <laughs> off. And um, long story short, I I said to Chris the, the the other pilot, I said, you know what, let's let's do a cross country. I had flown a cross country, which is basically point to point, had not done that in like three years, uh, pre COVID anyway, and. Uh, wanted to go somewhere where there was something to do and in general aviation they call it the hundred dollar hamburger where you get in your plane with a buddy and you fly to an airport a hundred miles away or something that has a restaurant or a diner like really really close by you get a hamburger and of course actually it's more than a hundred (laughs) dollar hamburger right now the fuel cost just to get up there was like a hundred dollars i think anyway so I went to uh, Sykeston, Missouri, which I'd never been, but to Lambert's, the home of Throat Rolls. And for those of you who don't know about Lambert's, it's been a family business for, I think, since 1942. At least that's what the carving on the on the wall said. And their big gimmick is uh, you order off the menu, but they have what they call pass around. So they'll walk around and they'll say, they'll have, have a big pot of beans. You know, you want a side of beans. Uh, but they have these big trays of freshly baked rolls. Mm-hmm. And rather than walk up to you and offer you a roll, you, you see the, the wait person with this tray and you like hold up your hand and they throw the roll at you. So you have to, it, it's the home of throwed rolls. That's, that's really the the setup for it. And In any event, that was it was something just hadn't hadn't done. So Chris and I flew. It's 99 nautical miles from from Millington up to Sykeston. Got there with no issues whatsoever. Had ourselves a nice uh, had had ourselves a nice lunch. I had a little little catfish. How was the roll? I caught the roll. The roll was fantastic. But I'm really trying to watch my diet and carbs. Yeah, I know we're drinking beer right now, but I'm trying. Really and truly, I'm got trying to, to got the season coming up. Yeah, you gotta look good got, on TV. I got I gotta fit into my suits, and you know, time is, is kind of running away. Um, but the one thing I, w- I want to point out to you, and and this is this is kudos to you because even though I have my license, even though I know what I'm doing behind the wheel of an airplane, I still get nervous about it. I get very very anxious because. You know, you do have to be prepared for emergencies. What if, what if the engine fails? What if there's an electrical fire in flight? Um, you know, yeah, we have GPS. Finding the airport. When, when you're looking out on the horizon, you know, and the airport's like 20 miles and it's out there. And I think I kind of see a bare patch that, you know, could be a runway. And I think I see hangars. Now, I was flying with a super experienced FedEx corporate pilot. So that obviously was a help. What you told me years ago is focus on the end result. Focus on how you will Mm -hmm. feel when Mm -hmm. you are finished. I cannot tell you how good it felt to make that trip, come back, and come back, had to deal with some clouds, and I don't have instrument rating, so I can't fly through clouds, nor do you want to fly through clouds with a plane this small. So I was having to weave among clouds, make it back safely, land safely, everything's good, I cannot tell you the sense of accomplishment. Oh, that's awesome. So that, that was the thing that I Did really... Did
1: you do the breathing too? Like the deep uh, oh, breathing? Oh, you, you have to. Lowers yeah. your heart rate, get yeah. your blood pressure in check, yeah. oxygen to your brain. There's a certain meta-awareness when you're doing something like that. You know, especially something that potentially could be life or death, that you're really in the present moment. It forces you to be in the present moment, unlike other regular mundane daily tasks. Um, there's this meta awareness that you have to cultivate. And it's a beautiful thing. It's funny you said that about w- when I'm teaching it for something like that, for flying a plane, focus on the end result and how good it feels sort of emotionally in your body and all that. With some athletes, we'll teach the opposite because obviously the risks aren't as high. Right. It's Think about when you lose how bad it feels. How mm-hmm. does it feel in your bones and your heart? We want to avoid that. So you can kind of go either way with that with some things, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's cool that you're doing that. Anything that gets
0: us sort of out of our comfort zone, it's a it's a real growth opportunity. Yeah, and that's, that 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 that's a great lesson. Um, any electrical outages <laughs> since the last time? We always have to talk about. It. Oh yeah, ours. Yeah,
1: our dog sitter. Contacted us when we were in Canada.
0: While you were while you were having your pedicure and talking with pedicure, a, with a drunken talk, Vancouver Grizzly riding fan.
1: the ATV up like a real man, bobsledding. By the way, we won. I Hallie saw and I won that. Bo- yeah, it was great. I'm not going to brag. It's all her. So, so she's so, the brains, the athletes,
0: and the looks <laughs> and the, fam, and the breadwin- She's all that stuff. So so, so, so your bobsledding her. was was it was it an ice track? No, it was on wheels. It was on wheels. It was okay. the
1: actual track, mm-hmm. you know, from the Olympics, but it's on but, wheels. But thawed. Yeah,
0: yeah. Really okay. cool. Um, but you had an electrical outage. Shout out MLGW.
1: I mean, it only took them about three hours. It just... I, I don't know what's going on here. I have friends in Texas who I thought they were going through a hard time a couple years ago or a while back. Used to be my friends in Germantown would give me a hard time in, in Midtown. Because when the wind blows, essentially my power would go out. Right. Now it's... You guys are... A Germantown like had the water share. like Flint or Jackson, right? So yeah. I don't know what's going on in this in this town with this stuff. Well, you, you know, know
0: the, the thing too is, is as we record this in our lavish lavish studio here, uh, you like Planet the new light? You right, like, I do. You like the new yes. light fixtures?
1: Did you pick that by
0: yourself? Uh, no, shout out to Brevin Knight's wife Dina Knight, who is an interior designer. Okay. She helped me pick out. Yeah, so I finally got these new light fixtures. But as we look out in the backyard, there's there is literally an electrical pole. And it's, it, the pole actually is situated over the fence line in the neighbors. Um, but I was, uh, I was away and I had some workmen in the house. M- somebody from MLGW comes in and, and tells the uh, contractor, he's like, yeah, you see that pole back there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's rotten and it's going to come down, so we need to replace <laughs> it. And, and then we had a storm. Thankfully, the pole didn't come down. But yesterday, the power was out for a period of time. Thankfully, I was in Sykeson, so it didn't really bother me. And I, I I thought they were done. Then this morning, all of a sudden, thankfully, I'd finished breakfast and eh, power goes out because now they had to like connect the rest of the cables from the old pole to the new pole. And it was fascinating to watch them. I mean, those guys with, with the boots, I guess, with the spikes, and they're, like, climbing up there, and uh, I mean, they, they got it done, and it was maybe, I don't know, maybe I was an hour and a half without power, which was not the end of the world, but shout out to MLGW, they got it fixed, but but that that's the thing, when you look around these neighborhoods, so many of these uh, homes have electrical lines that are all above ground. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and that, that particular pole was, was rotting and it could have gone down in a heavy wind, but uh, everything is fixed. so I don't, I,
1: I don't know what's going on with that. It's weird. I don't ever remember. I've lived here most of my life, probably 70% of my life. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I'm always ready to fight for Memphis like the guy in the spa with the Vancouver Grizzly mm-hmm. jersey, but I, I don't know. Yeah, some sometimes... I think whoever's running for mayor, that should be... Oh, infrastructure has yeah. to be...
0: Yeah, that has to be uh, top of the list running for mayor. How many candidates do we have? was It was 18, I think, somebody dropped out. So we were like 17 candidates, oh, wow. none wow. of which was Prince Mongo. Yeah, where is Is he in Florida now? I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Listener, that is uh, someone who has run for mayor many times as kind of a... I don't want to say a joke candidate, that would but... He's from the planet Zambodia, so we'll that's let you draw that's your what own he says. List. Yeah. So draw draw your own conclusions. Uh, okay. So uh, all kinds of fun stuff going on. Uh, so let's get to some recommendations. What what do you got there, Mister Graber? So
1: getting ready for the Premier League season because we're both big Arsenal supporters, mm-hmm. we're Gooners, I am rereading Nick Hornsby's um, Fever Pitch, which is really good. I highly recommend it. Whether you're a soccer fan or not, it talks about sort of uh, the life of being a fan, an ardent fan. And I think everyone can relate to that kind of passion and superstition and all that kind of stuff. It's really a good, the movie is really good. The original movie, the the one with Colin Firth, the British guy, Mm -hmm. it's actually a soccer movie. The American remake where Jimmy Fallon was a Boston Red Sox fan is horrendous. (laughs) It's terrible. Don't bother watching that one. But uh, I recommend the book and the movie. Really good stuff.
0: Okay. Okay. I got a couple of things. Um, I'm not a huge streaming person simply because I don't know which services I have and which ones I don't. I know that I have Netflix. Uh, Have you seen Quarterback? No. Quarterback is a series uh, executive produced by Peyton Manning, who I think I think anything with the NFL, Peyton Manning has his hand in it. And that, that's not a criticism. That's just – he's everywhere. Uh, it's – and I would imagine NFL Films is heavily involved in this. But they've got Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kirk Cousins of the Vikings, and Marcus Mariota of the Atlanta Falcons. Basically tracing them. They had um, phenomenal access all last season. So these guys were wired for sound every game. Uh, you go behind the scenes. Um the I think was it the third episode was the one I watched last night. It was about it was about pain and the physical toll that these guys go through. Uh, so you see Kirk Cousins and you see a chiropractor making adjustments on him, and uh, there's a lot of one-on-one interviews that are exclusive to the program, just talking about how crazy it is to be a quarterback in the NFL and. All the punishment that you take, all the studying you have to do, talks about family life. Um, and as a Green Bay Packer fan and an owner, I should point out, <laughs> my $250 share of worthless stock uh, that you know I can hang the thing on the wall. Um, I should hate Kirk Cousins, right? Mm-hmm. I should really hate Kirk Cousins because you play for Michigan State, okay? Notre Dame does not mm-hmm. like Michigan State and vice versa. Uh, I'm a Packer fan. I hate the Vikings. But Kirk Cousins actually comes off as being a really, really likable guy. Uh, Mahomes, Mahomes does as well, uh, and and Mariota. I, I I knew a little bit more about Marcus Mariota because he was at Oregon, and i have been in Oregon for for five years with the Portland Trailblazers. But I, I think it's really phenomenal, and the episodes are like forty-five minutes, so it's not a huge investment of time. But I would uh, I would certainly recommend that.
1: I'm a sucker for that sports stuff. Uh. There's the tennis one on Netflix. I forget the name. There's a golf one as well that's similar to it. Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff is really good. I thought of you, flying to Vancouver. I watched Rudy. <laughs> Such a good movie. So cheesy. My wife's looking at me. I'm crying. I'm like, no, it's allergies. I prom. I'm not crying. It's so good. Well, all
0: that sappy. Just it's good. Well, here, here's 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 a strange thing. I was working for Notre Dame when that movie was made. Were you really? I was. I was, I was in the Alumni Association and um, my boss at the time, Chuck Lennon, was from Joliet and knew Rudy. And so when they decide to make this movie and, you know, it's like the biggest thing on campus. And I was working in the Alumni Association and I was working with Dwan Francisco who had played cornerback for Notre Dame. And he was like, I can't believe this guy is this famous for one play, <laughs> and 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 Rudy Rudiger was such a relentless self-promoter, and it, it just it just kind of struck me kind of really? kind of funny. It just yeah. it just it just really did. And it's I mean, never,
1: it's a little bit like reality TV. It's not, re- <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's, it's yeah it a was reality TV before before we
0: had reality TV, and I mean good on him for making his dream come true. Uh, and, you know, great for Rudy. It's a, it's a great story. The funny thing is the game action was filmed at halftime of a Notre Dame-Boston college game. It was one of the few games when I worked at Notre Dame that I was actually not there because I was driving to Indianapolis to do a Pistons-Pacers game that night on radio. That was uh, so. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what was really cool the legendary film composer Jerry Goldsmith did the soundtrack for that, and because I was working for the university, I actually got a copy of the soundtrack before anybody else had heard it. Oh, cool! And I was like, "Oh man, this is this 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 is great! This is great!" But yeah, I was I was on campus, and in fact, Chuck Lenda, my boss, had a cameo in the movie. He was the referee in the football game. Oh wow! Because he was he was also a high school football referee um, in real life, and I don't know why, but I have a bonus recommendation
1: or or. You can I, have as many as you want. Okay. There's no.
0: We're just living or, on the or, edge. Or, or maybe, yeah. Um, or maybe this is a compliment, but and this kind of falls under what's what's going on on a, on a larger perspective. Um, Jeff N. Gundy and Mark Jackson, let go by ESPN. They had called uh, altogether, I think, fifteen. The last fifteen NBA Finals with Mike Breen, and uh, Jeff N. Gundy had been had been laid off earlier, and then yesterday, Mark Jackson is notified that. He's done at ESPN, even though he still had a couple of years on his contract. So the rumor is, and it, it's not yet confirmed, and Mike Breen uh, could not say anything because it is not official, uh, Doris Burke will likely be uh, with the broadcast team, with the A broadcast team on ESPN, uh, along with Doc Rivers.
1: I was going to ask you about Doc and Dave because obviously my friendship and working relationship with Dave Yeager. And mm-hmm. so when Doc Rivers got... Let go by the Seventy Sixers. I was wondering about Dave.
0: I've I've not seen or heard anything uh, from Dave Yeager. And I, I, Doc will be a great analyst. In fact, years ago between jobs, he actually people forget that before Breen took over as the voice of the NBA Finals, Al Michaels had it for I like a even, year I, or two. I, I don't two. even remember that. Wow. Do you remember the Derek Fisher shot against San Antonio? Yeah. Of okay. Course. Al yeah. Michaels called that. Wow. With Doc, I'm gonna Harris. have to go back
1: on YouTube and yeah. relive that.
0: Yeah. Um, Doris Burke is one of the best people in the business. I got to know her years and years ago. I had a gap year between Portland and Memphis, and ESPN hired me because I was, I was out of a job. Uh, I, did, I did stats, and I did stats for her uh, with the WNBA. And this was when she was just starting out, and so modest, so self-effacing, so bright uh, and personable and knowledgeable about the game. So I'm, I'm thrilled for her. I mean you hate it for Jeff, you hate it for Mark Jackson, but I think I think it's great for Doris and she'll be the, the first female to you know call a, a, an NBA Finals on television. She had done NBA Finals on radio uh, and uh, she's been everything from a sideline reporter. actually back in the day she did play by play for the New York Liberty of the WNBA. So I enjoy
1: her games. Jeff is really a good human being too. I know him uh through the houston connection because rice university basketball team is one of the schools that i work with and he's friends with scott para the coach there and he always comes and talks to those guys and uh wonderful guy yeah so hopefully he lands on his feet
0: i you know i i suspect and and the the thinking is that he may join his brother stan at at tnt i mean maybe 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 that'll happen i don't know uh, I've gotten to know Stan. I, the one NBA game uh, I did for TNT, I worked with Stan Van Gundy, and Stan's like one of my all-time favorite people because he's, he's, he's just good people, and he's mm. so totally self-effacing, and they, they don't take themselves too seriously, which, uh, which is, which is a kind of a good thing. Uh, we are now at the portion of this program. We're almost a half hour in and it's time for some grievances. So uh Oh wow. Yeah. You got you got some grievances there? Yeah, I've got one. O- outside outside of drunken guys in a spa in Whistler, British Columbia. I mean, how dare that gentleman.
1: Um, people who weaponize mindfulness. And let me give you an example. I'm gonna riff for a little bit. I haven't mentioned this incident to you. I thought about talking about it last week when we dropped episode one, but I wasn't really sure how you'd feel about it. So I was in the DC airport. The only reason I'm bringing this up is one of my friends tagged me in Facebook and brought this up and a couple people have asked me about it. I was in the DC airport after the MLS Arsenal game. What was it, a couple weeks ago now? Mm -hmm. I'm walking down this corridor and I hear behind me a lady says, That's Marjorie Taylor Greene walking towards us. Mm -hmm. And I looked, and it's her and another guy. It wasn't a bodyguard. The guy was kind of short. I guess it was maybe an aide. Um, And I want to preface this by saying I'm not political at all. Um, I definitely have my feelings. I consider myself to be an independent. I voted for candidates on both ends of the political spectrum Mm -hmm. before. But I just consider her to be a bully, a really mean person. So I had my opportunity. You're gonna—I can tell by this judging, condescending look you're giving me, Pete. i don't know. I don't know. I—I I, I, no, You I, have no
0: idea what I'm going. I have into no that. idea where you're going. I'm—I'm—I'm. I'm, I'm, it is a look of so, intense curiosity. So,
1: um, I'm walking by her. I figure I'm gonna—I'm gonna get her attention. I'm gonna grab her and her attention. I'm gonna engage her before I do what I'm gonna do. So I smile at her. My first impression is how small she is in person. Really small. Probably around one, I would guess, 5'2". But anyway, she smiles back, looks at me. Then I do something that I'm not necessarily ashamed of, Pete, but I'm not proud of either. Okay. I said something, I said a word, and I kept walking. I felt like, one, it would be a missed opportunity if I didn't express myself the way that I feel about the way that she treats people and my general sort of impression about her. But two, we've got a Grizzlies theme going on today. I'll never forget the quote that Zebo said. He may have been referencing... He's from Marion, Indiana? Marion, Indiana, right. Not Memphis, but I feel like he's a Memphian, right? So he's one of our our dear native sons almost when he said where I come from, we bully the bullies. Mm-hmm. So I didn't yell it. I didn't say what, it, what I said in a mean way. I said it actually with a nice tone to my voice, the look on her face was utter shock. Like she couldn't believe someone would say this to her. I find it hard to believe that she doesn't hear this on a, not a day by day, but uh, an hourly basis. Um, but it falls under from a mindfulness perspective what the Buddhists call idiot compassion if you enable bad behavior Mm -hmm. you're an idiot if you're enabling an idiot or idiotic behavior then you're an idiot so there you have it Okay. what are your thoughts on that I'd like to hear (laughs) your thoughts what enabling uh, enabling an idiot (laughs) on my actions on the whole thing well, we don't condone name calling. No, obviously. No, you
0: don't. Con- you don't. No, you don't condone name calling. Um, you're technically not one of her constituents because you don't live, live in Georgia. But this is a free speech nation, and you exercised your right for free speech. And what she chooses to do with it or not do with it is isn't entirely up to her. So her
1: ne- now. Are you enabling me with idiot compassion by saying
0: that I'm <laughs>
1: I'm okay? Or are you just being a good friend? Uh, I yeah, and that's not a political anything at all. Yeah, I, just, I don't like mean people. Yeah, the whole thing with the, yeah, Jew- I mean, the whole thing with the Jewish space lasers and the disinformation and the misinformation and the manipulation of the truth. And just the bullying. Right. See, She's been name-calling a lot of people recently right. yeah. in, in Congress. Yeah, you know?
0: and and the thing that, you know, and, and to your point about this, I I grew up in doing a lot of academic debate. I was lucky enough to go to Amer- American Legion Badger Boys State in Wisconsin, and then went out to Boys Nation in Washington, where we learned about government from the American Legion. And, you know, we set up a Senate and we had elections and we discussed issues. And what I find most troubling, annoying, frustrating, and probably many other adjectives is that there's no conversation about issues anymore. Mm -hmm. It's all about name calling. If you're on this side of the aisle, you're a blankety blank. If you're on that side of the aisle, you're a blankety blank. And you, you really don't get anything done by name calling. I mean... This is not sixth grade anymore. And so if you have a legitimate policy position other than you're the other party, you suck, that's not a policy position.
1: No, it's cognitive dissonance from a psychological perspective. We dig in so far to whatever we believe and we'll buy into any misinformation or disinformation to substantiate our core beliefs. Whether they're true or not, we don't. you're, you're absolutely right. There's no nuance. Right. Yeah, n- know, nuance is lost no, in today's no. day and age. I, I voted for John McCain before, and then I turned around the next time and voted for Obama. Like, I don't really care. I think we're too hung up on I'm this or I'm that. I hate labels to begin with. Right. I think we do ourselves a real disservice. But the airing of the grievances, where I had people tell me, where well, you teach mindfulness, And I'm like, yeah, I I do teach mindfulness. I can be a jerk at times, but as long as I know I'm being a jerk and I'm in the (laughs) present moment, I am being mindful. Mindfulness doesn't mean you're some pussy willow that just kind of blows with the wind or you're a doormat. You stand up for what you believe in and you stand up to people who you think
0: are not being good people. Yeah, mindfulness is being in the moment. It just doesn't mean, yeah, you're, you're some milk toast that you're a doormat for the rest of the world. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So there was that.
1: My brush with, I, I, I can't say greatness, but um, that individual. Yeah. So I felt pretty good about it. Okay. Of course, my wife gave me a proper bollocking when I told her about it. <laughs> I deserve it. But, you know, I was calm, cool, collected, smiling, not yelling, not violent. Not threatening, so
0: yeah. You 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 it. you made your you made your voice heard, and you did it in I don't know what term you use, but you did it in a respectful way.
1: Uh, what I said, Pete, probably could not be construed as <laughs> respectful, respectful in, way, okay. in any way. I'm not
0: going to say what it is. This is a PG show? Okay. Well, well, it didn't show up on social media, and and she is big in social media. Yeah, I just to circle around. I I really wish that we had more conversations about policy and what's right and what's wrong. And that our elected officials served the people that voted them in rather than serving the party. It should be country above party. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, independent, I don't care. The will or the the welfare of the populace, that's why you should be in Congress in the first place or in the Senate in the first place. If you're not there for that, then really why are you even there? So- no, I agree.
1: And I'm big on term limits too. Mm-hmm. If you look at a lot what's going on with some of these elected leaders across the country getting so old to the point where they can't function. It's pretty scary.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. My airing of the grievance is, is like so incredibly superficial that... Uh- <laughs> Your role wasn't warm enough? <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> no. I don't know about you. I mean, you're you're an athlete, um, former former athlete. I mean, anyone that looked at me, very very former athlete. I'm sick and tired of all the alternate uniforms. Oh, well, we talked about
1: the Arsenal one, right? No, that's not even an alternate. No, that's That's the away.
0: It's it's just it's just unsightly. No, but the NFL is now unveiling all the alternate because now you can have alternate helmets, you can have alternate jerseys, you know, and even my beloved Notre Dame. They pick out one game every year where they say, Irish wear green. Mm-hmm. Okay. The green jersey game at Notre Dame is, is a longstanding tradition. If it's, I don't know if it's long standing, but it is a, something of a tradition. And normally, it's, they just wear green jerseys, and sometimes the numbers could be white, could be gold. Sometimes they were blue feathered in gold, which didn't really work in my world, in my fashion world anyway. But they always wore the gold pants. They are going totally green. Oh, wow. Green jerseys. Green pants, and I will give them credit. They did a hilarious announcement video where Audric Estime, who is one of their one of their star players, um, is playing the role. Of, uh, was it was it was it Jamie Foxx in um, Jerry Maguire? The show me show me the money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, Marcus Freeman, the coach, is the Tom Cruise's. as the agent, and so. Basically Audrey Gestemé is trying to get the coach to say, show me the green jerseys. And so and, and they they did a great job. I mean, they even have like a period cell phone for Marcus Freeman to uh, to to use as as a prop in this thing. But you know, the whole thing is uniform means the same. Mm-hmm and so from a technical you're exactly right Yeah, I exactly would, and so now it's like well we have this alternate and then we have this alternate and then we have this alternate and you know and,
1: who started it i would i would surmise organ football oh, a different uniform I, oh absolutely every game, right? oh oh yeah I mean,
0: yeah yeah every every different game there's a different uniform there's a different helmet there's a different everything here's how crazy brief diversion here here's how crazy the Oregon athletic department is years and years ago uh I got called to do a volleyball match at the University of Oregon. I, I, wow, they're playing UCLA. I can't even remember. And somebody pointed out to me that in the women's volleyball locker room, they had a waterfall.
1: Wow. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like the spot I was at. It <laughs> might
0: well have been. Um, yeah, they, they, just, they just spend, like, crazy, crazy money at the University of Oregon. Thank you, Phil Knight, for that. And, I mean, look – the, the NBA is as guilty as, as all of them are. Basically, the NBA, you have home whites, a road set that is a darker color. Then you get a third uniform. Fine. Everybody gets three. That's fine. Well, then you get the city edition, which is city editions. and 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 Those are, are. Yeah, I like prop, the Memphis one. Well, props it's to the Grizzlies good. because they've always done a really good job with them. Mm-hmm. But the problem is... Every year you have to change the City Edition. You can't keep the same one. You cannot keep the same one. Interesting. Because the City Editions have almost always been the most popular. Like years and years ago, they went with the real plain black and white after the I am a man sign. Players loved them. Community loved them. Fantastic. Got to change it. So every year, the NBA has a uniform. Every NBA team has a uniform set that's like four uniforms, three that stay the same, and then the fourth is whatever the, the City Edition is. Um, I just, you know, it, it used to be, and you know, it's, it's about, hey, of it's, course it's about money. Of course it's about money. I always liked it when I was a kid that I would look at a picture in sports illustrated and you wouldn't have to look at anything else in the photo other than the two uniforms to know where the game was being played. Yeah. Okay. In the NBA, home team's wearing white, road team is wearing their dark colors. Uh, you know, you knew, and, and now it's like, it's it, like, it's like in soccer, I love like, I'm not wild about the team, but Chelsea with the
1: blue, Arsenal with the red—you always know.
0: Exactly, exactly. It, it's all about identity, and it is—it uh, is all about branding. So, yeah, my airing of the grievances, the alternate jerseys—I know it's a cash grab, but I—I I don't like it. So there, there's my old man yells at cloud moment. It has—it's nowhere near as uh, society is uh, nowhere as societal S- su- t- society, t- li- I got another, another sip. I no no I try
1: societal. Play by play guy. No I'm, no, I'm I'm I'm,
0: try, I'm trying to create a word. Soci- societal. 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 That's the right. word I'm looking for. Is forward. that what we're looking for? Yes, it's not as societal uh of import as uh, as your encounter in Washington, DC. But, but
1: I but I think guys our age typically are always gonna buy the standard home jersey, like the red the new kit for Arsenal. Do you have Do you have the new one with no, the gold? I, I have it last year's, and I'll get this year's. And I know you just yeah, I got the gold so, one. Yeah, yeah. It's always for whatever reason you want that color. And I guess as a Green Bay fan, it's always going to be the green one, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and their their throwbacks is the the Green Bay Packers back in the day. They wore navy blue and gold. They didn't wear green and gold. But I I don't I don't buy the honestly I don't buy the alternate jerseys. I I just don't.
1: Side note, I want to do a game with you at Lambeau one of these days. I've always wanted to do that. So It's very it's it's fun. It's during basketball season. Well, right? if you
0: so go for fun. the first game, but the problem is I think like the first two or three Packer games are on the road this year. And normally, uh, if I can, I will go up there for a preseason game because Kevin Harlan is a good friend of mine and he said, just come up to the booth. But I'm going to be, the way that the preseason schedule works out, I'm going to be in Ireland for both of those games, watching Notre Dame play football. Nice. But they won't be wearing green jerseys that day. Um, okay, we're uh, we're rambling down, and rambling being the operative word, listeners. Uh, we're rambling toward the end here, which means it is time. Uh, Greg, you need to uh, you need to give us a mindful moment. You've the pint is half gone, so I, I, I'm I'm assuming you've come up with something by now. So, I think one
1: thing that's really important for us to do, and sometimes we fail to do this because we get so busy, in today's modern society and this accelerated culture is we don't get outside enough and i thought about that a little bit in whistler there's a great book that i highly recommend called the nature fix and it talks about the physical the psychological and the physiological benefits what it does for our mind body and emotions to get outside and when i'm talking about getting outside I mean, immersing ourselves and our senses in nature, even if it's a little bit every day. It can be in the backyard, it can be in Overton Park, it could be in Shelby Farms, it could be in um, Central Park if, if you're in New York. But the science says that it really helps us not only de-stress, but it has good physiological ramifications such as when we sort of uh, absorb the nature around us, it has this calming effect where it lowers our blood pressure, it drops our heart rate. So I've done things before like, I almost consider it Pete, like a walking meditation. You can go mm-hmm. down by the river, yeah. by the Mississippi River, and walk and just look at the currents and it has this meditative effect where it really sort of clears your mind. It seems like we're always in this fight, flight, or freeze sort of stage or whatever, or sort of phenomena that we have because we're so glued into our screens and technology. And most of the times we're sitting and we're sedentary, just moving around a little bit, getting outside. You can even play a little game. How many things can I, you know, what are five things that I see? What are four things that I hear? What are three things that I can touch? I, I I wouldn't do the tasting probably outside. I mean what was that guy? Yule Gibbons. Unless there are berries. Do oh really yeah, Yule Gibbons. Gibbons, yeah, and grape nuts, yeah. Twigs and berries. Didn't he die by eating something that was inedible? Or is that just my is that an urban myth? <laughs> I don't know. Well, well it's like well, the guy that basically popularized jogging, dropped dead. James James Fix from a yeah. heart attack. Yeah. But anyway. We'll have to I query
0: Mr. Google.
1: So get outside, you know, soak up your senses in nature. And, it, and almost treat it as a sort of a moving meditation. And it's really good for your your mind, your body, your soul, and your blood pressure.
0: There is nothing better than an outdoor walk. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, we have rambled on, thankfully, for less than an hour. But we hope that you enjoyed today's show. It is Live a Little, our crazy little podcast. Pete Pranica, Greg Graber with you. Uh, and... Um, we're going to finish our pints here, and then we're going to figure out the next time we record one of these things. So, uh, hey, rate, review. Uh, we're on Spotify. Uh, we're on iHeart. We're on Amazon and um, soon to be on Apple. And uh, we'll both be putting uh, the links out on our respective social media platforms. On
1: X. I, on, uh, what's, that's, maybe we can do that next time. That can be a grievance. It'll <laughs> be a grievance.
0: What, what's become of Twitter slash X. And why is everything called X in uh, Elon Musk's world? In any event, that's enough. We're going to finish these pints. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this has been Little a Little. Pete Brownick and Greg Graber. Thanks so much for listening.